As the Broncos prepare for Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Chargers, they are fully healthy. It's been a while since we've been able to talk about a healthy Broncos team in the month of December. We'll tell you all about the injury report. We'll also talk about Javante Williams getting honored for a very impressive team nomination for his battle back from his ACL injury. You'll get all that here on this morning's brand new installment. Good morning, Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome into another installment of GMB here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Mile High Sports is every team, every day. We have you covered with all your favorite Colorado sports teams, the Denver Broncos, the Denver Nuggets, Colorado Rockies, Colorado Avalanche, you name it. We got it here. Make sure you check out our written column work as well, milehighsports.com, so you never miss out on what's going on with your favorite Colorado sports teams. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter here for MHS. And hey, look, the Broncos here in the month of December, a very, very weird situation for them to find themselves in because this has not been the narrative for the last seven, almost eight years at this point. But Denver, not only playing meaningful football in the month of December, they're playing football with for a majority of the team, everybody's healthy. Obviously, there's some players, some key guys that have been on injured reserve for the entire season. But coming into this week's game on a week-to-week -week basis, Denver's injury report, it's shrunken. Guys' participation participation status has gone from limited to full and guys are just simply healthy here, which it's been a nice, impressive wrinkle added into the mix here. And I don't know what to really pinpoint for it, why Denver has been able to stay healthy, but I think obviously a new strength and conditioning coach, Dan Dalrymple, I think has done a tremendous job with these guys in terms of what they're doing in their pre-stretch before practice. We watch them stretch every day. I mean, it's a combination of stretching almost every muscle and then rapid movement and acceleration, just doing, I, I don't even know how to put it into words here, but they're touching every part of the body, every muscle, every tendon, every ligament is getting stretched. It's getting worked in a way that's not, I think, overdoing it. And all of a sudden now you see a healthy Broncos team. I mean, the amount of soft tissue injuries that we have seen this year from Denver is very, very minimal in comparison to what we've seen in years past. Now, obviously I think there are some outliers. We could talk about tight end Greg Dulcich. I don't think that's necessarily an issue with, the Broncos and how they're doing things. I think that's more of a Greg Dulcich issue. It's a body issue. Obviously he's been seeing a specialist to kind of figure out what's going on, uh, you know, with that, but he's been working on the team's side field and he's making good progress. We'll see if he makes a, uh, an appearance and any of the remaining games that Denver has here, I think in the next two weeks, it's probably going to be the most crucial time to figure out, to see what he does. He's been on the side field, as I'd mentioned. And usually when you're on there, you try to progress through that a little bit. And then you start doing some other stuff. So I, I think we could see Dulcich back on the field here soon. How soon will we see him in a game, though, is a bigger question. But for the most part, coming into Sunday's matchup against the Chargers, it's big for the Broncos. And everybody in that locker room, they realize it. Talking to players after practice, even throughout this week, just they, they understand what's at stake. And they felt like coming out of Sunday's game, even though they were disappointed that they lost to the Houston Texans, they felt like what they – did wrong and some of the issues that they've been struggling with are fixable. They're correctable, right? In which hopefully you can do that. You, you could talk about it, but you got to carry it over to the next game. And unfortunately, you're not playing the same opponent every single week. You're playing a new opponent. Plus, you also have to take care and worry about what you're doing on your end. So Denver's approaching Sunday's game against the Chargers. Many players like Alex Singleton, they, they call it a must win because essentially it is a must win with the AFC playoff picture kind of formulating the way that it has with some of the teams that were ahead. I mean, the Steelers were ahead of the Broncos. They lost on Thursday night football to the Patriots who have 
two wins. Now they've got three wins on the season. That dropped the Steelers out of the wild card, and that put the Houston Texans into the wild card race. So Denver's got a chance here, and you got to hope some other teams, you know, ahead of Denver lose this upcoming weekend. But I think health is probably the biggest thing for Denver coming into Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Chargers, especially at SoFi Stadium here. Let's go through the Broncos injury report here. Now, as we talked about, there were several players that were limited in Wednesday's practice at the Centura Training Center. That included Patrick Sertan, Zach Allen, Mike McGlinchey, Marvin Mims, and Delarian Turner-Yale. Every player on Thursday during Thursday's practice upgraded to a full participant. This is the first time this has happened this season. Usually you have some guys limited, limited, and then full on a Friday, which is today. But Denver had full participation all across the board during Thursday's practice. Obviously, with Patrick Sertan, he had the knee injury that he sustained against the Houston Texans. He hyperextended it. It didn't look good on replay. That was one thing that stood out to me. I didn't like the way that it looked on the replay. It kind of made me cringe a little bit because I've seen that before. He missed eight snaps, as we have talked about, but then he was able to come back in and finish, and he had a key pass breakup on Nico Collins. I think it was on third and 12, third and 13. And so now he's going to be tasked more than likely with the assignment of Keenan Allen. Now he can't cover him the entire game, but he's going to cover him for you know crucial stretches of the game as it allows based on what the coverage call is, based on the offensive formation. So I think having a fully healthy Patrick Sertan against Keenan Allen, that's a big benefit here for Denver's defense. And then you look at defensive end, Zach Allen had an elbow designation earlier this week. He's been making good progress. He's a full participant on Thursday, looked good during individual drills. You know, on Thursdays, one thing that they do is they do the turnover circuit and they go through and they do these position-specific groups where they'll focus on tip drill, where they'll focus on fumble recovery, and where they're going to focus on stripping the quarterback if they're rushing. Everybody went through, like every position group does that. And just the the movement by these guys, the movement by Sertan, the movement by Zach Allen is a great sign to see. Baron Browning's been on the injury report the last couple weeks with the wrist designation, but he's been a full participant in almost every practice. So there's no concern there. But as the NFL rules pertain, if someone is dealing with something, you have to list them on the injury report. Obviously, Mike McGlinchey, that was something we were going to monitor a little bit this week for him. Is he's got a back, he had a back designation earlier in the week. Back issues can tend to flare up a little bit and be a little tricky, so we were keeping an eye on that. But the fact that he went from limited on Wednesday to full on Thursday, it's a great sign. We'll see how he does here during Friday's practice. And then Marvin Mims, as we talked about, took a shot in the ribs uh, during one of the punt returns that, unfortunately, I think Denver had three straight returns or two straight returns because of penalties by Houston special teams. Marvin took a shot to the ribs, ended up going to the locker room, came back out, was able to finish the game, full participant during Thursday's practice, so a good sign for him. And we'll see if he can get featured in the offense. I mean, only 30% of the offensive snaps, which was an upgrade, right? It was an upgrade from the 15 and the 14% we saw early on the season, upgraded to 30% of the snaps in Sunday's loss to the Texans. But Marvin's obviously a big part of what they want to do. Teams will not kick it to him in the kick return game, but the punt return game, he's going to have some opportunities here, especially this week against the Chargers. Running back some AJP Ryan, who had a knee injury that really kind of popped up for him. Uh, I think in that Buffalo Bills game on Monday Night Football, He's been good to go. He's not going to miss a beat. And then obviously safety, Larry and Turner Yell had a back injury pop up during individual drills on Wednesday. He was good to go for Thursday's practice. And so I think that's how I see like the, the best sign here for Denver is everybody is healthy. And I think more importantly, everybody in the offense is healthy. I mean, you're talking about Russ is healthy. Remember how many injuries Russ had to deal with last season? Remember Cortland, how many injuries he and Jerry Judy had to deal with last year? And then you look at the offensive line. The offensive line was a turnstile last year with guys just injured, rotating in and out of the lineup throughout the entire season. It's been nice to see that continuity and that consistency, but they're going to have to amp things up a little bit 
on the offensive side of the ball. If Denver's going to have a chance to make the playoffs, if Denver's going to have a chance to win here on Sunday, there's a lot of things that they're going to have to do. And they may have to ride behind the pine of one guy that we'll talk about here in a minute. And that's Javante Williams, who was honored and recognized by the Broncos as their uh, Ed Block Courage Award nominee. And we'll dive deep into what that means for him, what the designation even means there. And also two Broncos executives were selected for the NFL's front office and general manager accelerator program that will take place next week in Dallas during the league meetings. We'll dive deep into all that here on today's installment of Good Morning Broncos. Real quick, let me tell you about Superbook Sports. Win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbook, they will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game. They will also give you two tickets to the game, plus you'll get a three-night stay at a hotel. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Nuggets fans. Ryan Blackburn here, host of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast on Mile High Sports. We've got the best Denver Nuggets coverage around, so make sure not to miss an episode and subscribe down below to the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Nuggets off to a great start. Make sure not to miss a thing on Mile High Sports. Make sure you check out the Pick Action Roll podcast hosted by Ryan Blackburn. He's got you covered with everything you need to know about the Denver Nuggets, including their disappointing loss on the road to the LA Clippers the other night where Jokic turned in his worst game of his career. How do they bounce back against the Houston Rockets tonight? Well, check out the Pick Action Roll podcast with Ryan for more for Denver Nuggets coverage here. But anyways, continue on today's episode of the show. We are talking about Javante Williams and how the Broncos, I think, this week could be a good week for Javante to be heavily involved in the offense to maybe even have a big game. And he was named as the team's 2023 Ed Block Courage Award recipient. Now, the award it honors players who exemplify commitment to the principles of sportsmanship and courage. Williams' persistence and dedication in his recovery from major knee surgery has been incredible to watch and look for Javante. I mean, there were a lot of questions that we had questions ourselves going into really this season, going into training camp. Is he going to be ready for training camp? And he was fully ready to go for training camp. And so there's the process that are coming back from an ACL. I mean, he had major knee, not just ACL, but ACL, MCL, LCL. The LCL is one of the tougher ligaments. Obviously, ACL is the most crucial, but the LCL is a tough one because it involves stability on the exterior, on the outside of your knee. And that's where, like, when you feel, when you plant your foot into the ground, you feel stability, you feel comfort. You need that. And he, I mean, that was something that got torn there, but for Javante to come back and he obviously he met with the media yesterday and he talked about how he really doesn't even think about his knee anymore when he's out there running. And I think that's always a, a big hurdle. We always talk about it all the time with players coming back from an ACL injury or an Achilles injury. How do they run? How do they think about it? Are they thinking too much about, you know, if, are they planting with too much force? Are they planting wider than their base? These are things that I think a lot of athletes commonly go through, but Javante has just taken the ball and he's run with it, pun intended, here for the Broncos this season. Now, he hasn't had necessarily the statistical output that I think he would hope for. I mean, the run game for Denver, I mean, it's been a big part of what they're doing. He's obviously their, their, bulk, their bulk load carrier here for them. But in terms of like yardage and production, we're not seeing Javante get over 100 yards a game, which I think that's a good goal to maybe work towards. And I, I look, I didn't have those expectations for him this year. Like I said, okay, if Javante can get back to getting to 98 yards a game, if he can get to 100 yards a game, I don't even think Javante's broken over 100 yards in a, in a single game this season. But I, I'm not going to be a, sh a stickler on that. You know, I think that's something that people hyper fixate on, like, oh, in order to be successful, you have to have over 100 yards. 
Are the Broncos winning games? Like same thing we have the conversation about with Russell Wilson and his stats from a performance standpoint. It's not necessarily about numbers. It's about production and consistency, efficiency, and more so I think in the same conversation here, are you winning games? That's the most important metric that we're going to use to analyze and measure how players are. I think in times where you need a first down, we've seen Javante in crucial situations fight for a first down, keep his feet churning. But I think one of the issues we've seen with Denver's offense is their lack of being able to run the ball effectively to the outside. That is an issue. But obviously, Javante Williams, very deserving of the Ed Block Courage Award uh, recipient nomination here for Denver going forward here. But the, that wasn't the only thing we found out about the Broncos as well. Yesterday, the Broncos named two executives. They nominated two of their executives for the NFL's GM and front office accelerator program, which will take place at the NFL League meeting next week in Dallas. They selected Kelly Klein Van Kelligan. She's the executive director of football operations. She's also the special advisor to the GM. She works very closely with George Payton. They've got a, uh, you know, a working relationship dating back to their time in Minnesota. Her scouting background is very, very extensive. She's done a tremendous job in the time that she's been here with the Broncos. She's got great insight into the game. She's got great insight into players, and she's heavily invested in the scouting side alongside George Payton. So I think that their bond that they've had is knowing how to scout, you know, player evaluation. I think it's great to have that advisor status there. She has been tremendous for the Broncos organization. And then they also have Rich Hurtado. He's also one of the other nominees selected for the program. And look for Rich. He's the vice president of football administration. He's been with the team for four years. He used to be an agent. He used to be Justin Simmons' agent at one point. Uh, but he plays the role of being the team's lead negotiator when it comes to contract negotiations, player acquisition, managing the salary cap. He works very closely with George Payton on all of those fronts here for Denver, and he's got a very tough job. I would not want that. I, you know, For me, math, not necessarily my strong suit, so figuring out how to do the salary cap, how to figure out how to sign this player to the contract to fit within the salary cap and how to, okay, hey, it's a five-year deal, so we need to make sure three years down the road that this deal doesn't put us in a situation where – we're over the cap. So, I mean, there's just all these different things and backgrounds that go on there. But the accelerator program, according to the NFL's press release, this is the fourth time the league has done it. And they put it on, you know, dating back since 2022. And one thing that they're doing is it says that the NFL is committed to improving diversity through the league. And a large part of that is providing leadership opportunities to diverse candidates. The accelerator program provides clubs and owners an opportunity to connect directly with some of the finest candidates in the league who they may not know. And the intent of that is the efforts to translate into more diversity into leadership roles across the league. So seeing more women being hired in sports, more minority candidates being hired for leadership positions and executive positions around the league. Broncos defensive backs coach Christian Parker, who is considered as a potential future head coach and obviously a defensive coordinator in this league, was the selection last year for Denver. So it's about putting all these people in front of some of the most powerful entities in all the National Football League. And said 42 highly qualified candidates of diverse backgrounds across, across player personnel, football operations, assistant GM disciplines. They were selected for the opportunity to build relationships with club owners and league executives ahead of the hiring cycle. So it's a great opportunity to network and get to know what strengths are. And look, it's a good opportunity for people to move up in a business that is very much well about who you know. And I think that's a good trend that the NFL is trying to change. Is it perfect? No. But I think this is a good step in the right direction when we talk about 
business and leadership and opportunities and growing the sport and growing, I think, just diversity in the workplace. I think it's a very, very important thing. And so obviously for Klein Van Kelligan, she's obviously a tremendous, tremendous asset to what the Broncos are doing. And I think she's got a bright future here in the National Football League. So we'll see how things continue to go here for Denver on this front. They'll have practice here on Friday and then they'll play on Sunday. We'll have you covered on Monday's GMB with the postgame recap. What do you need to know about Sunday's game? We'll go over and hopefully the Broncos are in a different conversation. Hopefully they're coming off of a win rather than a loss. Broncos country, we'll see you then for a new episode. GMB. What's up, guys? Kim Becker here with Mile High Sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a Mile High Sports daily. Monday through Friday morning, we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the Mile High State. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there and we've got you covered for everything Colorado sports.